Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. So glad to have everybody with us today. Hope your coffee is warm. Uh, we've got another good segment coming up here with Nicholas Fang, a managing director at Black Dot, and Kirk Weiger, the co chairman of Mercury, former U.S. ambassador to Singapore. A good news story, gentlemen, for Singapore, Atlas Bar, and the Manhattan Bar in Singapore winning great accolades internationally. We don't know anything about bars, do we? <laughs> Ambassador? <laughs> and furthermore, I don't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let me phrase it this way. Singapore has been on the rise for a number of years now. But when you start getting internationally recognized for F&B and for different areas of the country and nightlife and things, it puts us in a different, uh, I guess, a different level. So here's what happened. The Atlas and Manhattan bars took top prize for the first time in the Spirited Awards in New Orleans on July the 20th. So Atlas, of course, is in Parkview Square. It's got a gin collection more than 1,300 bottles. They won the best international cocktail bar and spirit selection. And Manhattan, which is at the Regent Singapore, modeled after a grand hotel bar, won the best international hotel bar. Mm. So that's that's pretty good when you're when you're competing with everybody. Well, it's amazing. And, I, and, and here are the ramifications that go beyond just liking a great place to go. When I moved here a little more than six years ago... Yeah, was you, it that long ago already? I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> you look better than I did then. Uh, I don't right. know about that, but man, time goes fast. But, you know, one of the impediments maybe of getting some of the businesses coming from Hong Kong was this concept that Singapore was boring. Right. And it was probably already a 10-year-in-the-past impression, yeah. but it, it was there. And so, you know, when I got here, you had 28 Hong Kong, Library, some other just great places. And then you had people like the Huang family that did Atlas Bar who said, I'm going to invest in, you know, this. It's basically the lobby of this beautiful building here and just created something special. And then you had people investing in a place like Manhattan. This says more than just we have some cool places to go out here. Mm. It is telling the world, because both these bars have been on the way up for a number of years. I, th- I think last year, Atlas was number four mm-hmm. globally. So mm-hmm. they were already, the boom. The boomlet has been right. out there. Right. But what does it say more broadly? That you have people who want this kind of thing, that will frequent these kinds of things, because this is not public service, this is a business. And they invested here. And why did they invest here? Because Singapore has broadened and changed, and we certainly know the food scene has changed. Then the question becomes, what are the ramifications for the Ministry of Manpower and employing those people as you now deal? So these are all questions that are interrelated. It's a great thing, but it's also something that the government will have to manage going forward. Nick, what does it say to you in in terms of what Singapore's position in the business and lifestyle community is? Well, I think, uh, obviously, these kind of accolades, along with the Michelin stars, uh, are the kind of stuff that uh, has been gaining quite a bit of momentum here in Singapore as time goes by. I think from the point of view of a lot of the locals, it's interesting to see, I think as Ambassador was sort of saying, the business ramifications for the, the people running these these outlets and these bars and these restaurants because in Singapore, it's put it mildly, the F&B scene is not easy to, 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 to survive in. Obviously, you know, rents and issues like that cost manpower, make things hard to, to have a long-term success. And what we've seen over time is a lot of the very successful groups tend to be guys who, who roll concepts very quickly. They mm. build some thing, they gain an international reputation or at least a national reputation, and then they move on to the next thing because Singaporeans like to look for the next big thing. What's the flavour of the month? What's a new exciting place to go? Where's a cool place to mm-hmm. go? Where, where's to be seen? Whereas if somebody's been out for about three or five years, it's not so cool to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. I I sort of prefer to have the regular places where, you know, like Cheers, everybody
everybody knows your name and you're comfortable. <laughs> Manhattan is a great bar. You know, obviously it's near the U.S. Embassy, so a lot of work meetings can be conducted there <laughs> uh, with air quotes yeah. uh, and Atlas as well. But I'm just wondering long-term sustainability of these guys and how long will they will they really be around? If any bar hangs out for more than 10 or 15 years in Singapore, that's a that's a real unicorn. It's somebody who's really well, got the, the concept yeah. right. Let, let, me, let me just say, though, I think that these accolades make them iconic. So this helps with exactly the point you're making. I mean, I've been in Atlas because we're very close friends with Vicky Huang, who it's her concept, but tourists come there now. And once you get these accolades, it becomes almost like the long bar at Raffles. And you know, People given, show up. Yep. And so this is, in my opinion, is very good for both Manhattan and Atlas. But I think 28 Hong Kong has shown that same longevity. And uh, I think that's great. There's more places uh, Mm. like that. And so I think this is a very good thing for Singapore, both for these establishments, but also for the message it sends to people who are looking, where am I going to relocate? You know, Mm. yes, this is safe for my kids. Yes, I like the schools. But am I going to you know, be bored out of my mind? The answer is no. And I have evidence of that. Kirk Wagner and Nicholas Fang joining me in the studio today. Atlas is, okay, got the best international cocktail bar. Manhattan got the best international hotel bar. The thing that is interesting to me is that these are actually very much destination places. Mm. So the location of both of them is not like in the middle of Telek Ayer Street or Clark Key or a place that's easy well, let's put easy in quotes as well because uh, we are in Singapore after all. Everything's kind of easy. But you, you really have to purposefully go to these places to get there. And and that to me separates it and, and probably puts it a step above. Mm. Atlas Bar, of course, has been around for many, many years. It was here 10 plus years ago. 12 years ago, not in its current iteration, mm-hmm. but it's been around for a while. And obviously the, you know, the lobby bar at the Regent has been around for a long time. But, but the way that these two have shaped the discussion around, in this case, premium spirits, the uh, Manhattan Bar, of course, is known for its whiskey collection, it is really interesting to me. And, and to your point, Kirk, I think it, it says something. Once it gets in the guidebooks, mm-hmm. you know, then the tourists start driving that that as well. Mm. And Nick, you mentioned something too about the the Michelin-starred restaurants. Of course, we have so many in the past 10 to 12, 10 years, I guess, um, celebrity restaurants here. That's Mm -hmm. really adding to the scene. Yeah, it's true. But, uh, you know, then you have people like the Robuchon restaurant, which closed down. Mm. So, Mm. you know, it is a sign that just getting a star doesn't necessarily mean, even though you're in an iconic location like Resorts World Sentosa, doesn't mean that you're going to be around forever. But to Atlas and Manhattan winning these two awards, that was quite interesting because obviously... We are seeing, um, I'm not, not that I'm a huge drinker, but, you know, <laughs> you do see the evolution of consumption habits over time. Obviously, a few years ago, you know, the rise of whiskey and other some kind of bespoke spirit was gaining some traction. And now it is very much about, you know, very exotic, bespoke cocktails, very premium cocktails. So, you know, I think both Atlas and uh, Manhattan really specialize in producing some fantastic cocktails. And I think that's great because it showcases the creativity of, of the, uh, the guys behind the bar. And I know that some of them, a lot of them are Singaporeans and they're, they're also gaining that kind of uh, reputation on the global stage for that kind of crea- creativity, putting a Singapore spin on some of these you know, traditional drinks. Now, the cost, right? I mean, most of these drinks are 18 to $25 oh, yeah. Singapore dollars. This is not uh, for the average 
um, middle class person, generally speaking, in Singapore, they are not going to go there. Do these outlets have a possible problem in that they elevate to such a level that it's just not affordable for people? Or is the business crowd, the tourist crowd strong enough that it can keep it sustainable uh, at the cost level? The short answer is yes. I mean, that doesn't mean it's not a special occasion place for folks, Hmm. wedding anniversary, uh, first date. You know, we've all been there. So, uh, (laughs) you know, reaching for something special like that is, is, I think, something that's good. But you can say the same thing about Cut. You can say the same thing about, you know, Tippling Club. I mean, it's not unique here. What I would say, the perspective I bring is Miami is known where I live now and I'm from, is a very hip and cool city. Singapore, the scene, I think, both in F&B and, uh, and cocktails bars specifically, is 10, 15 years ahead of Miami. This is a hmm. trend-setting city with food and cocktails and ambiance. These are business folks. They have to keep their level up to be the special places they are. Right. And right. if they drop below that, I think they will suffer, and that's what capitalism's about. Yeah. There's lots of places in this town to get a good drink, watch a sports game, get some wings, yeah. uh, get a burger. So if I'm a Singaporean, I like the fact that there's some, something for everyone here in a diversity that used to not be here. Yeah. yeah, I took up on that point because obviously there's always this concern. There's, there are all these rankings that put Singapore as the most expensive city in the world without making it very clear what exactly they are, they are sort of classifying in terms of the, the basket of goods that they use to measure this. Of course, when you put in a, you know, a $25, $30 cocktail or, or steak at cut, then you're pushing the prices up. But exactly to, to what Ambassador was saying, that this notion that you have the full buffet, you can choose from anything you want. You can have a beer in the Hawker Centre. You can have a, a, go to a sports bar. For for a drink and and wings, and then you can you have the option to go to a really nice place. Uh, and I think that you know when we talk about building Singapore's reputation on the global stage, is exactly that point. If you want to be a cosmopolitan city, you want to be a global city. You can't just say I only have one or two things, and it has to be emblematic of the, everybody. We have to give that kind of diversity to all visitors, to people expats, to business people who are in and out, to to locals as well. And I think that we should embrace that in that spirit as well. Well, I, I no actually, this is the point that Glenn and I were talking to, we've talked about it for years. I happen to believe that Singapore is the cheapest global city for its residents between HDB Flats, Hawker Center, MRT, right? It's much cheaper to be a Singaporean living in Singapore than it is being a Miami and living in Miami. It just is. doesn't mean there, I, I do think it's probably the most expensive city if you're an expat, and especially if you want a car, but that's on you. Mm-hmm. You know, these are choices that you have to make. But I think that there is a, it's a more complicated situation than seeing these lists that then, you know, I get them all the time in Miami. Like, how did you live there? I was like, because I like so- hawker food a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's how. All right. My thanks to Kirk Wagger, the co-chairman of Mercury, the former U.S. ambassador to Singapore, and Nicholas Fang, the managing director at Black Dot. Gents, thanks for talking about F&B and other things today here in the studio. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you, Glenn. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.